Now, this morning I want to talk to you about a new heart. That is the message this morning, is having a new heart. When, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He responded by saying, to love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. In Matthew 22, verses 34 through 38, it says, When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest, the great and first commandment. Just so you know, they, they weren't concerned. The Pharisees, they weren't concerned with receiving guidance from Jesus. They wanted to trip Jesus up. They wanted to find a way for him to declare that he was God so they could call it blasphemy. But even with their ill intention, Jesus provides an answer that would consolidate the law of the prophets. Jesus responded, as we heard, love the Lord God with all your heart. Now, when life is, is great, when everything is at peace, loving God with, quote, unquote, all, that is easy. When the worship at church is Holy Ghost fire, when the preaching is on point, when the family is getting along, it's easy to love God with all your heart. The Bible speaks about the heart. It refers to it as the moral center of human personality from which flow thoughts, emotions, actions, and speech. When talking about the soul, we are talking about the awareness that there's something greater out there. When someone looks up in the heavens and they see the, the Milky Way galaxy and they see all the wonders of earth and they have a thought within them, we're not alone. That is the soul speaking. When talking about the mind, we are talking about the knowledge of God. We choose to live set apart from this world because we know. Many times it's not a feeling, but it's an understanding that we know God requires holiness from us. This can be in the form of obedience to his word. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. Because we know his word is true. It's easier to follow the commandment to love with all your heart when my feelings are up, when my prayers are answered, when life seems in alignment. The problem is that when I'm not feeling like God is in sync with me, when God is calling me to love him, even when I don't feel 
I can love to the capacity that he's asking me to. When my heart is broken, when my heart is callous, when my heart is hard, when I'm having trouble paying bills, when there are problems at home or in my relationships. The Apostle Paul shows us what it is to always put this commandment into practice. He was a man that lived this scripture. Even when the circumstance was working contrary to the commandment. You know, you ever been in a situation where it's like, Lord, you're asking me, you're asking this of me, but the pressure is, is against me. It's working against me. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Paul says this. He says, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. And in every circumstance, I learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul was saying here, because Christ reigns in me, nothing can conquer me. I know how to not get arrogant when things are good. Because I know all things come from him. And I know how to remain faithful when I'm at my lowest point because I know he will sustain me. Notice the scripture and pay attention to the words how and learned. Paul had to go through an understanding process. Maybe at first he couldn't understand how being in God's will meant that he was going to suffer. Maybe he couldn't understand uh, all that he was going through. But through the process, he learned God's grace and his sustainment through the things that he couldn't comprehend. He learned how to love God faithfully through the plenty and the lack. Perhaps you are going through a season where God is showing you the how to love him through the difficult times. How to love him. Paul says he had to learn to love God to the capacity that he has called us to love him, we need a new heart. There's a story of a young girl who lives in Salt Lake City. From the day of her birth, she's, she had always suffered from a heart condition, a rare heart condition, in which the only answer was a heart transplant. During the time when she was a young girl, the doctor said that her heart was only operating at 13%. When she turned 11, the doctor said, if we don't get a heart transplant, she's not going to make it any longer. This girl, Abby, her life was changed by an organ donor. She said that 
it was a new beginning for her. In, in her own words, she said, I felt amazing. I had so much energy that I've never felt before. I could feel my own heart beating, and I thought, it's working too well, she said. It's working too well, and why is it working too well? I could feel the beating in my fingers and in my toes. But she said, I knew this gift wasn't without a cost. As children of God, we've been given a new heart, and the donor is Jesus Christ. He's given his own life so that we could have a new heart this morning. On our own, we cannot love God to the measure of his commandment. But through Christ and by the giving of a new heart, we can love God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is him that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's important to know that this morning, that apart from God, we are not capable. We can't love to the measure that he wants us to love. We need a new heart. Many of us, we've received a new heart when we gave our lives to the Lord. But sometimes, even with the new heart, we constantly need to go under the knife. And let the master surgeon do his work in us. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's intentional, unintentional. Sometimes it's the upsets and the disappointments that affect our heart. But we constantly need to be going to God to repair and even sometimes replace the heart that we have. It says here in Philippians 1.6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Guess what? God is not done with our lives. He won't be done until Jesus comes back, it says here in Philippians. That means that our heart, guess what? It's always going to be under construction. We're always going to need to have our heart enlarged, worked on, have callous removed. Maybe something cancerous is, is there and, and God wants to remove it because it, it's going to affect our whole being. God constantly is working in our lives and he's going to complete it at the day of Jesus Christ. It says here in Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 16 through 21. It says, therefore say, now this is Ezekiel the prophet speaking to God's people. And to give you some context to what's happening here, Ezekiel is, is telling God's people, even though you're in bondage now, even though you've been taken into captivity, God still has a plan for your life. And it says, in verse 16, thus says the Lord God, though I remove them far from the nations, and though I scatter them among the countries, yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone. Let me stop there. God is saying, people have taken you captive. 
They've taken you and they, you've been scattered throughout the nations. And even when you thought that you were an outcast and you were out there alone, God said, I was still with you even when you were f- gone far away. In verse 17, it says, therefore say, thus says the Lord God, I will gather you from the peoples and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered. And I will give you the land of Israel. And when they come there, they will remove from all, from it all its detestable things and its abominations. Verse 19, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put in them. And I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh, and I will give them a heart of flesh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those whose heart goes after the detestable things and their abominations, I will bring deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. Now, it's important to understand that we have, I want, I want to sum it up into three different categories, three different groups of people that God is speaking to here. He is first speaking to those who were righteous. You know, we live here in our nation, America, and you can, you can very well say that there's a lot of corruption, there's a lot of sin, there's a lot of things that, that are happening in our nation. And, you know, when God judges a nation, it's because of their wickedness. But there's still righteous people within the nation. And even in Israel, as they were being judged for their sins... What they were doing exactly is they were giving everything that God had given them and they were sacrificing it to the idols. To the point where they began to worship the god Molech and they sacrificed their own babies on an altar of fire. God judged Israel for doing this. But in the process of the judgment, the righteous were still being judged as part of that. So we have the righteous. We have those that are neutral. They were neither for God, neither they were against God. They were just a part of the mix. They just got caught up in the crossfire, the neutral. And then you have those who hated God, those who practiced the abominations, those that caused God's judgment to fall upon the land. And so, because God had judged the nations, everybody was affected. The neutral, the righteous, the unrighteous. And they were scattered. And so now, in 1948, Israel becomes a nation once again. Everybody from all parts of the world are coming back to Israel. And this prophecy given is not yet complete because Israel yet hasn't returned to the Lord, Jesus Christ. So that is yet to be fulfilled. But now you have generations upon generations of persecution, of, of, of hurt, of pain, and their hearts are not for the Lord. Their hearts are hardened 
because of circumstances, because of what's happened to their family and their family's family. And what happens is that many times our own hearts become hardened because of the things that we go through. Whether it's intentional, whether it's because you're neutral or because you're righteous or because you outright defied God, our hearts become hardened in the process because of what we go through. Because of what is happening around us. Because of the environment that we're raised in. Many times our hearts become hardened. Now, it is clear in the scripture that those who had come back after being in a foreign land mistreated and persecuted. Those who came back, they came back with generational scars. Hearts of stone. But there are those who still hate God and are against him. Those God will hold accountable, as it says, that even those who return, but those whose heart, it says in 21, goes after the detestable things, God will bring their deeds upon their own heads. So God is not saying, I'm going to just, whether you love me or hate me, I'm going to make everybody love me. He's not saying that. He's saying those that have been hurt in the process, I'm going to restore them. And those that outright reject me, I'm going to hold them accountable. That's the God that we serve. So, so, um, what we go through can cause our hearts to be hardened. So that's why it's important to be under the the knife of the surgeon, Jesus Christ, and allow him to remove the bits of stone that are trying to form. In the book of Lamentations, the prophet Jeremiah, who was one of the righteous, he he was one of those that was righteous and suffering during this time, as we just read He was feeling the consequence of his people's rebellion. I'm going to go there. Lamentations chapter 3. Right after Jeremiah. Chapter 3. So, this book is a book of poems during the time of captivity, during mourning. And he writes everything that he's feeling. He says in verse 1, I'm a man who has seen affliction. And if you go through all the verses, he, he talks about everything that he's feeling. He says, you know, I feel that, you know, That you're against me in verse 3. I feel in verse 4 that my flesh is wasting away. In verse 6, that you're making me dwell in darkness. And it goes on and on. And he's basically saying everything that his heart is feeling. that, That you're away from me, God. That you're not answering my prayers. But then it says in verse 21, 
But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, and therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly. So Jeremiah was saying, Lord, I feel this. My heart is going through this situation. I I feel the hardening of my heart, but I will bring to remembrance that you are faithful, that your love and your mercies, they never end. And that's, that's what we do. That is how we love our God, our God with all our heart and all our mind. By bringing to remembrance that he is good. Even through the difficult times. Sin can corrupt the heart. In Acts 13.22, it says that David was raised up to be the king of Israel. And it says in verse 22 of Acts 13 that David was a man after God's own heart who was going to do God's will. David was a man who had the heart after God. He was passionate in his devotion to the Lord. But when he allowed sin to enter his life and take root, that allowed him to become a murderer and a cheat He can have a heart for God, but yet at the same time, if we're not careful, we can allow things in our lives to corrupt our heart. To the point where it says in Psalms 51 verse 10, David said, create in me a clean heart. Sometimes we need God to remove this heart that is carrying so much uncleanliness and give us a new heart. David understood that his heart had become corrupted by sin and that he needed a new heart to once again love God wholeheartedly. When sin is rooted in our hearts, we lose the capacity to love God the way that he wants us to. This morning, church, I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I want to tell you that it is important that we guard our hearts. The Bible says that to protect our hearts because from it flows life. We are to protect our hearts at all times. When when our heart is heavy, when our heart is hardened, when, when sin is trying to take root, or when the things around us are trying to make us hard, it's important that we come to the Father. That we come to the Lord and that we humble ourselves. It says that in, in Exodus, let me close with this, that, that Pharaoh, that Pharaoh would not humble himself when Moses came and asked his people to go. And it says in the scripture that it was God who hardened the heart of Pharaoh because he wouldn't humble himself before the Lord. It is important that all of us here in this place, that we humble ourselves before God.
in every situation that we humble ourselves and that we come before God in his presence and say, Lord, here's my heart. Here is the condition. Like Jeremiah, Lord, here is my heart this morning. This is where it is. This is the state of my heart. God is not going to look at you and say, you're in bad shape. He's going to say, it's about time. Because, see, I have this, this new heart ready for you. I have this heart here that, that I'm going to put inside of you that is going to enable you to serve me and love me the way that I am asking you to. Because with your heart and your condition, you cannot please me, says God. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes this morning.